Hey guys, welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about building codes. Or are we? We're going to talk about building codes. I may be talking about something else. You decide how much of this is literal, how much is metaphor, and we may work in the East Palestine, Ohio train derailment. Uh, but why are we able to talk about these uh, seemingly disparate issues, allegedly? building codes, regulations, and psychology. I mean, what could these things possibly have in common? How could you draw a parallel between these two, you know, seemingly just different phenomenon? Well, when you think in fundamentals, I think when you understand not just psychology, but any field for what it truly is, and you're able to see how it connects with other fields, not like they're exactly connected, but there's a fundamental idea there that informs both. And you don't connect a dot right to the other field, but you go to that fundamental idea and say, well, this is similar somewhere else, perhaps. Um, so let's talk about it. Building codes, I mean. And of course, we may be talking about something else you decide. You know, I think when you, it's building codes is an interesting topic to bring up because I think it's one issue that seems relatively innocuous to me, but when you bring it up to people, and the fact that you may be perhaps against building codes, I'm not saying I am, but you may be against the idea of building codes or government mandated building codes. What people assume is that exactly that. You mean you're against all kinds of building codes, not just government codes. Like you're against just the idea that somebody from a third party would come to a building and say, yeah, this building looks okay. I've given it my, my inspections, official stamp of, of approval. It's a good building. And that communicates to other people, you know, without them having to go in and inspect the building. That, that communicates to them that the building is safe. Of course, I'm not saying I'm against all building codes. I just think there maybe could be, possibly, as a thought experiment, more than one kind, more than simply a government building code. And I think this indicates the issue. What issue am I talking about? Good question. I think this indicates the issue and why people are have a difficult time even accepting, in my experience, even listening to somebody when they say they're against building codes. Oh, so what, all buildings are simply going to fall down if we, we can't even know what buildings are safe and which ones aren't. Am I saying that or is that your presumption? Are you arguing with me or anybody else for that matter? Or are you arguing with a projection of who I am in your own mind? And I think a good way to think about this is just to look at how government works versus how private industry works. One is not better than the other. I think like a lot of people, they just have this negative implicitly this negative view of government and anything government does is necessarily bad. They just say it uncritically. Then you have the flip side. People think anything a private company does is necessarily bad. Oh, that's, that's that big multinational conglomerate. They just go after a profit motive and they may indeed do bad things. And the government of course does bad things, but that doesn't mean that the government or private company necessarily is bad. Government works really well when you need to create some kind of standardization throughout society. So preferably, these are going to be standards that don't really change much and maybe haven't changed much since the Magna Carta, for instance. 
Now, private companies, they innovate well. They innovate much innovate they innovate much better than the government does a lot of innovation comes from industry and of course people will say well look at all this innovation that came from government funded whatever or this one university that's a public university yeah first of all those are rare exceptions those are exceptions that i think prove the rule and even the people within a university for instance they have their own very personal incentives it may not be a profit motive but it's definitely not wanting to do the public good. It's prestige. It's, and, it, and it is money. And it is effectively money. I mean, they're not just because of, of, of industry or just because, a, a, just because a university receives government money doesn't mean it's completely exempt from the profit motive. No, they're definitely working for a profit motive. Now, you could argue, was that helped along by government uh, funds, okay, you can make that point, and I wouldn't necessarily disagree, but I'm just saying generally. You can always look at different cases, but generally, innovation comes from private industries. Because what the government does well is it, yeah, standardization. So anything in society that is doesn't change and isn't going to change for 200 years, 300 years. I mean, preferably tens of thousands of years. I mean, let's get that deep to standardization. That's what a government, as long as humans are humans, that's what government standardizes really well. And, and a private company, I mean, just simply can't do that. I don't want to get into the reasons why, but it's just very difficult because then you have competing standards in a society and then it's no longer a coherent society. So that's why the government comes along and says, you know, this thing about humans that uh, was the same 10,000 years ago, and it's the same, and it's going to be the same in another 10,000 years. That's a good indication of what's going to be the same 10,000 in 10,000 years is what was true 10,000 years ago. Uh, you know, that's this isn't going to change. And if we don't standardize this in some way through you know the use of force, which is what the government is, then it's going to create a lot more problems. Now, private industry, what it does is it innovates really well because it's not a monolithic thing like the government is. Industry is a bunch of companies, all, you could say, competing with each other. I mean, it's one way to say that, that they compete, but another is to say that they work off each other and they can see each other's blind spots. So it's not like one company can necessarily be more innovative. And that's what you find is a lot of companies in themselves are not. I mean, you'd think that Xerox, right? They developed all the hardware for computing in the 60s and 70s. So you'd think that Xerox would be the one to, to, to develop all the software, but it wasn't Xerox. It was Microsoft or another company or whatever extent Microsoft actually did it. But the point is, it was another company that came in and did it. And that's the... Um, that's the, the uh, innovation, right? And so it seems to me, if we're talking about a, 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 an industry like buildings, well, that changes all the time. We have different materials, different uh, ways to, to build buildings. We have different methods for doing it. I know there's one co uh, company, Cover. Go to cover.io. Very interesting. A new, completely new way of looking at building houses. This changes all the time, you know, different materials, and it just inf it's infused with so many different other uh, industries, like uh, like chemistry and physics, and 
it changes all the time. So what the government does is it comes and creates this blanket code for a specific period of time. And now what happens? Because people, because if you're building a, a building, let's say an apartment complex or a train, another industry that's been highly regulated, um, that's been highly, you know, I, I would say uh, submersed in different codes for you know, more than 100 years back to the 19th century. Um, yeah, so now you have the, this industry, it, it, now it's less likely to innovate. Because what does it need to do to be good enough? Am I still talking about building codes? What am I talking about? What does it need to do to become good enough? It just meets the code. And if it meets the code, that's all that matters. And it doesn't really consider anything else. And the code, because it comes from on high, from the government, from on high, from the parental figure in society, it doesn't innovate. It doesn't change. It can't take all, all the little variables into consideration. No one decision can. No one piece of regulation can. Well, then you make a new regulation. Well, but but it's just a slower process. It's simply a slower process. And uh, yeah, it's a slower process, innovation. What am I trying to say? Innovation, slower process, maybe something in my notes will help me. But, but I think you get what I'm saying. Maybe I didn't have to finish that point. It's good that I forgot what I was going to say because I was just going to ramble. I didn't have to finish that point. Now the private companies only worked to meet the regulation, which necessarily is going to be behind it. I mean, look, if, if you want to fail in life, but make it look like you're trying, I got a great way to do it because I've done this before. What you do is you create a plan to do something and then you stick to that plan. You don't listen to feedback from the environment. You stick to a plan and you work really hard. You work really hard and you have the best intentions, but you stick to that plan no matter what. Yeah, you get feedback from the environment, but that's, no, you don't listen to that. And any patterns, you don't listen to that. You're so focused on yourself and what you think you, quote, should do to whatever it is, be successful, accomplish a goal, get something you want. And you just stick to that plan no matter what. And that's what a regulation is. That's what a government regulation is, which we definitely need for things that are more standard about our society, things that are true about society 10,000 years ago and what, what's going to be true about society in 10,000 more years. Buildings, are we even going to have buildings in 10,000 years? I mean, what would that look like? Or, you know, cities floating in the sky. I mean, why not? Anti-gravity. It, it's going to change in 10,000 years as much as it's changed in the last 10,000 years, right? Um, and also just the idea that like we need a, a government. Am I talking about the government or am I talking about something else? I mean, just the idea that we would need a government for building codes, otherwise nobody else, how else would we have codes? It's, um, I think it's a, a narrow view of looking at the world. Like there wouldn't be other vested interests in determining whether a building was safe. Like insurance companies wouldn't care. Of course they would care. And we, you see private 
seals of approval all the time from things that people pay may pay way more attention to than building codes I mean, people walking into a building they don't even know if it's up to code they kind of just assume but why would you assume that if the guy of the government doesn't do his job he's still gonna make money in fact he may even make more money if he doesn't do his job so now you're creating a position that incentivizes corruption. This, this really is a, not exactly my main point. Maybe I am just talking about Boeing codes now. I don't know. Maybe, no, I, I don't think I am. Maybe talking about something else. Now, you, now you've created um, an incentive, a complex, we could say, that seeks to build itself up and make itself more important and make more and more money which you can do through corruption. So now, you, yeah, what I'm saying is you've created not only a sinecure, but a sinecure that rewards narcissism, that, that rewards sociopathy. Uh, most people in society are not sociopaths. Most, most people are really nice. They really want to do the good thing. They try hard. They have the best intentions. It doesn't always work out because we're kind of stupid, but we really try. There are... Psychos. I mean, there are people who you know, feel no pain when somebody else feels pain. Uh, that, that's going to happen. But why would you create a job in society? Yeah, I'm definitely maybe not talking about... Uh, I'm, I'm not talking about building codes at this point. But why would you create a, a society or an industry that would reward sociopathy? It seems... Um, I don't know. It seems interesting. Right? And so we have the East Palestine train derailment and people are talking about, again, that there's something that went wrong. And both sides, generally in this country, I'm definitely not talking about a cultural issue now. Both sides in this country, they each have their own reaction. I mean, the one side, the right, says... Like, this is intentional, like, deep state operative to kill white people. I mean, you have prominent people on the right saying that, and on the left, people are saying, uh, well, why are we transporting these chemicals, even though, I forget what the chem, I think it's for, like, some kind of piping, that, that the chemicals that this train was carrying, it creates pipes that we need to, I don't know, not uh, coincidentally build buildings. Uh, to keep buildings up to code. Why are we transporting these chemicals anyways? Oh, they're so terrible. We, we should just shouldn't have this industry. Why do we even have chemicals in the first place? What, what's even the point of them? Let's just stop all chemical production, right? Let's just retreat and, uh, you know. Well, I think the real issue is, well, let, let's look at the code. Let's look at the regulations and, and you know, if you look at the train industry, it's a heavily regulated industry that is very much inured against any kind of innovation. There can be innovation, of course. There are good trains out there. We look at Japan and we go, or China, and we're like, why can't we have trains like that? I've been to, to I went to Seoul, uh, South Korea, a while ago, and uh, when I lived in New York, I'm, I'm walking around the subway station, like, why can't, why? I mean, it's just a lot nicer. I mean, of course, a lot cleaner. I'm not talking about that, but it's just the, the efficiency that the trains run. And very smooth. And anyways, the point is, like, this, 
why can't we have something like this with trains? Why, are, why is train derailment an issue? It, 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 this isn't an isolated case. Train derailment happens all the time. I, I mean, I think it happens... I, 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 I'm going to talk out my ass here, but I think it's something like at least once a day in America, a train derailment happens. Now, this one we talk about because it was transporting this hazardous chemical that leaked, and then, of course, you have, like... Uh, they blew it up, which I think was the right thing to do because this is a toxic chemical. They just blew it up and burned it all off, which is better than having it seep into the water and everything. I mean, it's not an ideal situation, but given that there was a derailment. So, yeah, regulation and train industry, classic uh, story here in California of, oh, we're going to have a, a high-speed railway from L.A. to San Francisco. And we, we've been talking about it for years but it never happens. It like goes through certain stages of development, but it, it just, it's too much regulation. It's too many things to jump through. Cause when, with each piece of regulation, now you have some guy, now you have a job. You've created a job that selects for not narcissism and sociopathy and everybody needs to do their part. And it just becomes too much money and too much hassle. So we don't do it. But it's not just building a new train, it's updating old trains. It's just too much hassle, and so we don't do it. We stick to these regulations, and I'm sure the train was, I mean, maybe up to code. I don't know, maybe not. But we stick to these codes. Even if it was up to code, it doesn't matter. Or even if it wasn't up to code, it doesn't matter, because the code is most likely behind technology, behind modern technology, behind innovation, behind you know some kind of new metal that somebody in, in some plant and in Pennsylvania is is working on that even if a train does derail the the chances of it exploding or the chemical leaking out if it is carrying a dangerous chemical the chance of that happening is going to be a lot lower now you know the process to implement that kind of metal into making trains or train tracks it it's just too much it's just there's too many places of resistance too many instances of a certain issue that maybe the issue isn't wrong in itself, but an issue that we have not yet managed. What am I talking about? I, what am I even talking about? Um, and I guess a broader psychological point here, which doesn't often get brought up when we're talking about building codes, wink, wink, is I think there's something... Like, if I say I'm against government codes and your response is, oh, so what, you just want buildings to fall over, right? So the implication is, is that there wouldn't be codes without the government. There's, we, we would need, a, in a sense, a, a, a father, a parental figure as represented by the government to come down from on high, bless us with its codes. Like, we couldn't figure it out ourselves. We just need to put smart people in positions of power, even though those positions of power select for sociopathy. And they're going to bestow us with these codes that are going to save us all. Something, I mean, I don't want to get into psychoanalyzing people, but uh, something that you may have to reckon with, if that's what you think, is, I don't know, there might be something dark there. Like, you want building codes. You understand building codes are important. You understand, I mean, all of your friends. I, I mean, if you had a friend who didn't, want any kind of code or, or want any kind of safe building. Yeah, it's not even about codes, it's just a safe building. 
Yeah, that, that's a much better way to put it. If you even met somebody who said, I want to be in an unsafe building, you would think there's something wrong with them. And there would be. They would be mentally ill. I, I guess there's a parallel here. I will talk about something else explicitly. There's a parallel here with the uh, homeless epidemic. We think that, oh, the reason why there are homeless people is we just don't have enough uh, rooms or houses for them. We need more housing, and then there would be uh, less homeless people. Yeah, fewer amounts of homeless people. But that's but when we do that, it doesn't work. And in fact, when you go to the cities with the most uh, progressive, I guess you could say, policies for homelessness, and let's give you a home, let's set you up in an apartment, you find the most amount of homeless people. You know, why would that be? Well, it's because it's clear it's just not about, it's not about creating more homes. Even though we call them homes, oh, so all they need is a home. No, there's, some, like, there's something wrong. There's something wrong with them. They need help. Similarly, if somebody wants to, or wouldn't care, or wouldn't even think to care about whether they would want to live in a building that's safe. Well, well you know, th there's something wrong with you. You can't reality test on a fundamental level should you even be part of society in, in the way that we give freedoms to other people. Well, maybe not, right? And... um That was something that I considered, you know, when I heard about this. Well, when I heard about the Ohio train derailment, I didn't really think much about it. But then I saw the different sides, the left and the right, speak out. And it just seemed to be off. And it related to maybe this other issue that I may be talking about. I'll let you decide exactly what that is. I think it'll mean more if I do. If any of this made any sense whatsoever. We may be able to help you. We do free consultations, animusempire.com. Seriously, if you just want to reach out and talk and have questions and talk shop, as we say, that's exactly what it's for. You don't need to uh, email me or message me on Twitter and say, hey, is it okay if I sign up for a consultation? I'm not interested right now or I don't have money for therapy. If you want to sign up with therapy with me, you can. Honestly, right now, I don't even know if I can take any more clients, at least for the next few weeks. So it's not even about that. It's just reach out and talk with somebody about what's going on. I, it's like, you think you're wasting my time by letting me know what's going on with you? It, you're using your own words from your own perspective and your own worldview. Like, you don't think, I, I just... I would freebase that or just inject it into my veins if I could. I mean, come on. Free consultations. You know where to go. Thank you guys for watching. And remember that when we uh, think in fundamentals, when we learn to think in fundamentals, we can learn more about something by learning about something that may seem completely different.